Welcome to the Psalms, a call to words podcast where timeless truths shape today's words. I am your host, David Bunce, and I hope that you will be blessed as we journey through the great songbook of the Bible. Psalm 57 is bookended by two wonderful realities. First, that we can cry out to God and ask for Him to be merciful to us. And it ends with the glory of God as we pray that He would be exalted above the heavens and over all the earth. Psalm 57 To the choir master, according to Do Not Destroy, a mictum of David, when he fled from Saul in the cave. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge, till the storms of destruction pass by. I cry out to God Most High, to God who fulfills His purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame him who tramples on me. God will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness. My soul is in the midst of lions. I lie down amidst the fiery beasts, the children of man whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They set a net for my steps. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit in my way, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. Awake, my glory. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praise to you among the nations, for your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. This miktam, or golden psalm, is calling us to remember a certain event in the life of David. This specifically is when he was in the cave of Adullam, mentioned in 1 Samuel chapter 22. Probably this is uh, the most likely event. It could have also been the caves of Engedi in 1 Samuel chapter 24. Adullam seems to be the best fit, uh, but we can also understand Psalm 34 being from this period in David's life. And what does he inquire of the Lord when he's in the midst of this situation? Well, first, he asks God not to to destroy Saul. This is a merciful act on the part of David. And then he turns and asks for God's mercy on himself. While he is seeking for God to be merciful to Saul, not to take his life, if you remember the event, David is able to take part of the cloth of his robe and yet does not kill Saul. He had it in his hand to remove the wicked ruler, or as becoming more and more obviously wicked, and he doesn't kill him. He is merciful to him. And so he asks God to be merciful. This is important when reading the Psalms to realize that mercy is required for those of us who follow the Lord. We don't want his justice alone. We want his mercy. If God was only just, then we would all be condemned. So we ask for justice and righteousness to be upheld, but we also ask for his mercy. 
We ask for mercy for those who are wicked, that they would turn and repent and trust in the Lord before it's too late. We also pray for ourselves that He would be merciful to us. This is why we must recognize the state of our souls before God as being inherently in and uh, in filled with iniquity and sin. We stand before God as guilty, needing justice, and yet requiring mercy for eternal life. In the shadow of your wings, the psalmist says, I will take refuge. Again, we will hear that more explicitly declared in Psalm 91, but in this psalm, he is seeking protection in the midst of the storms, waiting till this destruction and storms, they pass by. Recently, within the past uh, couple of years, we have seen severe tornadic activity here in Kentucky, and many homes, many lives destroyed in the midst of those storms. This is true of so many situations that death is only a moment away. So, what do we ask for? For God to keep us, to shield us, to shelter us, that even if we die in said storms, we know we are safe in the arms of God. This is the hope that believers have, especially as we hope and trust in the work of Jesus Christ. But crying out to Him, as the psalmist does, is instructive to us. What should we do in prayer? Ask for God to be merciful to you. Ask for His mercy to be shown in your life, and He will send from heaven and save you. This is a wonderful hope that David anchors his life in. He has such joy in the Lord because he is anchored into this promise to say that God will fulfill his purpose for him. He will save. He will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness. Reminding ourselves of the promises of God is the surest way to be anchored in the face of storms and difficulties. Then we see some... uh, Uh, verses that will remind us of future events, things that had not happened yet in the time of David. He says, my soul is in the midst of lions. I lie down amidst fiery beasts. Well, as I was reading this, my mind was drawn to the book of Daniel, thinking of Daniel being in the midst of lions. And what does God do? He shuts their mouths. They don't eat him. They don't destroy him. And we may say, well, maybe they just were not hungry. Uh, the problem with that is as soon as David, is, as Daniel is taken out and the other men are thrown in, they are eaten. The lions were hungry, but God was kind and merciful. We also think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being thrown into the fiery furnace. Yet there was a fourth with them, someone who would redeem them, hum- someone who would save them. In the face of teeth and spears and arrows and sharp swords and tongues that are wicked, David is saved. And then what does he turn to? When his salvation is assured and when he is rescued, he turns to something we must turn to. Instead of it saying, Lord, be merciful to us for our sake, we say, Lord, be merciful to us that you may be exalted above the heavens, and your glory exalted over the earth. This will be repeated at the end of the psalm, but here in verse 5, we are drawn to see God's exaltation as David's central focus. When the enemy set the net for his steps, when his soul is bowed down or crushed within him, when the pit is dug for him, his heart remains steadfast. How? Well, he gives us one way, by singing and making melody to the Lord. A joy-filled, steadfast heart is 
continually singing praises to God, oriented towards a glory of God, a repentant heart seeking mercy, and an outward expression of joy that our hearts and souls would be stirred by the Word of God, the person and work of Jesus Christ, and that we would make melody even in the face of disaster and destruction. Perhaps we think of Saul and uh, then Paul and Silas in prison. What did they do in the midst of prison? They asked for God's mercy, but what did they do practically? They praise. They sing worship songs before God. Our hearts should be awakened to the glory of God, awakened to the reality of our sin, and awakened to the hope that God would be exalted among the peoples, among the nations, and that we would be there singing praises and giving thanks because His steadfast love is great to the heavens and His faithfulness is to the clouds. So when we think about uh, whether we are in success or in Uh, difficulty or in oppression, we should seek God's glory above all things. William Plummer says, whether saints conquer or are conquered, they still sing on. Blessed be God for that. Let sinners tremble at contending with men of a spirit so heavenly. Let us trust in the Lord and seek Him above all things. William Gurnall says that sincerity makes the Christian sing when he hath nothing to find Uh, to his supper. David was in none of the best case when in the cave, yet we never find him merrier. His heart makes sweeter music than ever his harp did. In the face of tragedy, difficulty, we find hope and joy in a heart that is fixed on the glory of God. This is what we are called to, to exalt God, to praise Him, to worship Him, to let our hearts be stirred to rejoicing in knowing who He is, what He has done, and that His glory would be made manifest throughout the whole world, to see people turn from sin, to repent, to trust in the Lord, and to find that wonderful awakening. May our hearts be stirred toward that end. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this psalm that calls us to rejoice in you, that calls us to awake our hearts, to trust in you with steadfastness, to sing and make melody, that your glory would be spread throughout this land, throughout this earth, that all nations, all peoples would praise you, would exalt the name of Jesus, and that we would be part of that. Help us to sing and praise and do that in every week of our worship. When we gather with the saints of God, let us be instruments of joy. Let us be instruments of expanding the kingdom and making your glory known throughout the world. Lord, may you be merciful to me. May you be kind and gracious, and may your glory be manifest and made known and spread throughout the entirety of this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to The Psalms, a Call to Words podcast. For more content, just visit calledtowords.com. I hope you will join us again next time for more riches from The Psalms.